This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. The American Heart Association's Go Red for Women campaign is celebrating 20 years of raising awareness of women and cardiovascular disease. In the studio with me now, we're joined by heart transplant recipient, Terry. We're also joined by Terry's husband, George. In the studio as well as Dr. Thomas O'Brien. He's an advanced heart failure cardiologist with the Christ Hospital Network. For more information on our guests, more information on the show, more information on the Go Red for Women campaign, reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like, follow, and share there. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. Now, as we mentioned before, Terry, in 2022, you became the first patient to receive a new heart through the Christ Hospital Transplant Program. Now, Terry, while you were in the hospital recovering after the transplant, you say you felt something for the first time in forever. Explain to us what that was. Well, I was sitting up in the chair, and I can't, it must have been, um, I think I was in bed probably for a couple of days afterwards, but when most of the stuff was unhooked from me, most of the machines, um, I was sitting up in the chair, and I just put my hand on my new heart, and I could feel it beat. And that's something that I hadn't felt in a long, long time, my heartbeat. I just couldn't feel it. I could barely feel my pulse. But um, so that was that was amazing to okay. feel that new heart beating in me. And Dr. O'Brien, from a medical perspective, how was Terry after surgery? How did she do? Uh, well, she was a trooper, obviously. You know, the right attitude goes a long way. But even medically, she did very well. She recovered um, as we'd expected within those first couple days, was already making the progress as, you, as she set up in the chair. Um, so we were pleased as punch, you know, this being our first transplant to come in and see someone going just like it's supposed to. You know, so she was making the strides and, and getting up active pretty quickly, physical mm-hmm. therapy in the room, um, you know, making her take uh, good care of and use this new heart. Okay. And so what was that like for you guys? I mean, she was the first, um, first transplant recipient at um, Christ Hospital. What was that like for you guys as a team? To, I'm sure she had a whole team of people on her side. Um, 100%, yeah, 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 100% and 100 people probably. <laughs> 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 it was great. I mean, those of us that are doing this have had all the training and experience elsewhere. Um, it was new to the Christ Hospital, not new to us as the doctor team or the surgery team. Uh, but still, we hadn't, um, hadn't had the chance to do it here at home. Uh, and uh, it was a celebration, certainly, to finally have this. It's been a long time coming. We've been doing the other part, the ar- artificial heart pumps or LVADs, and putting those in for over a decade. So this was a natural progression and, and really the final thing that we needed to bring uh, to what we could bring to the city and offer from Christ Hospital that says the full spectrum of heart care. Now, everything up into a brand new heart you can get, and so it was good to see that come to fruition. All right. So what impact did this have on And You guys had children. And what was that like for them to be on this journey? George, we talked about your journey as well. Terry, of course, we're talking about what you experienced um, during the whole show. What was it like for your children, especially in the early years when they probably were still in the home and things like that? But this whole journey, what has this been like for your children? Um, In the beginning, uh, they just were kind of used to it. This is how mom is. So, you know, um, they didn't really understand the magnitude of it. Um, Is that something you intentionally kept it on that level or? No, whenever they had questions about it, you know, they knew and they knew it was progressive, but I, during their growing up years, I was pretty much stable. Okay, good. And so that wasn't. You were soccer mom and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, yep. And then 
grandchildren came and we were going to their games and you know soccer so. grandma and grandpa <laughs> okay got it got yes it, got yeah it. and um so they didn't really have any questions and as they became you know older um and ad- adults we but before that too when they were teenagers they knew it was progressive and you know we would have appointments and they would ask about the appointments and you know they kept up to date on that by telephone because our daughter lives in indiana and her family and uh our son and his wife live in boulder colorado so they couldn't really come to appointments with me or anything like that so we always would call them after appointments and update them okay but i didn't miss any of the appointments so (laughs) i was always there Uh, all right there you go all right so dr um dr o'brien let's talk about um heart disease in women Mm -hmm. and let's talk about um what i really want to talk about is um as women tend to put their health off and put their health on the back burner for Mm -hmm. what they believe are the best, you know, for the family, you know, kids are sick or whatever. I have to power through still. My wife tells me that all the time, (laughs) but let's talk about that, how that factors into women and their approach to their own health. I think we've not, we've underappreciated the differences that women have to go through, not just lifestyle. You mentioned about caring for the family and having other priorities in their health is not necessarily on top. Um, but, the disease itself, from the biology all the way through the things they go through in life, uh, we haven't fully appreciated, recognized, and treated those those unique things for women in heart disease. Pregnancy. A lot of women, you know, don't, it's been said, but a lot of women don't understand. Pregnancy is the first major stress test for a woman, you know. Uh, that's not a, it's a natural thing, but it's a, uh, but it's a burden, certainly. Uh, not an everyday thing for all the challenges a pregnancy can bring. Um, postpartum and all those changes that can happen with hormone changes, those are another thing that brings a different kind of heart disease that men don't even have to think about and, you know, doctors haven't considered as well as they should. And then, of course, menopause and postmenopause and um, in Terry's situation, both men and women have to go through certain things like chemo that can be toxic um, and, that, and that is maybe more common sometimes in women because of the breast cancer. Um, so there's a lot of things that are unique um, to what we should be considering when we talk about women and their risks for heart disease throughout their journey, throughout their lifetime. I think there's a difference in perception as well. Uh, when people um, think about women, they don't think about them having the major chest pain and, oh, my God, and, mm-hmm. and, and um, keeling over. Mm-hmm. Um, they th- when you even say heart disease, the picture that comes to mind for most people is an old gray-haired white man. You know, you don't think about a young brunette uh, that had to go through something serious earlier in her life, um, like Terry. So uh, I think our perceptions as a society need to change. And uh, some of that translates into the care that we deliver because we don't have the right understanding or haven't had the right understandings because we have different perceptions. We don't approach women in treating and caring for their heart health the way we should. Okay. So heart disease is the number one cause of death for women. Um, how in tune in general, do most women get that or do they know that? Is that something Mm -hmm. they look for? Tell me about that doctor. I don't. And mostly because when I say we have the wrong perceptions, that's both men and women have the wrong perceptions. Women have the wrong perceptions about their own bodies and health. Um, and some of it to your point, they don't go get it checked out because, um, they're not expecting to be told they have a heart problem or heart disease. The research in the last five years, 45% of women that are 20 years old and older have some form of heart disease, mm. 45%. Most, uh, I mean, there's a big chunk of that that's hypertension, which we know is called the silent killer for that reason. You don't know you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's unfortunately a large burden of um, maternal death 
that's attributed to heart disease. And that can be from the challenges of pregnancy, of course, blood pressure included, gestational diabetes, and the mm-hmm. factors that increase the risk uh, for moms, new moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and heart disease is the number one cause why new moms die young and premature. Um, and of course, later in life, you know, women catch up with the same old plaque and artery blockages and need stents and bypass surgery and all that too. So that's not to be dismissed. Okay. So let's go back to this. You said something that's really important. I think you talked about how, you know, classically when we think of a heart attack, we think of people killing over and, you know, pain in the left, is it the left arm? Yeah. Yeah. So for women, that it's not, they don't. Not necessarily. Not necessarily so. have those signs. And that's you could. scary too. Yeah. yeah. That's scary too. Yeah. It's more subtle often. And you'll have symptoms that could be shortness of breath like Terry had. Now hers wasn't a heart attack per se, but a heart attack could be shortness of breath as well. It could just be a discomfort that you don't recognize as pain or don't want to say as painful, but some discomfort in the chest area. Um, yes, the upper left arm is a, co- is a common thing people hear about or know about, but maybe instead it's up into the upper back or the neck and jaw. Um, it's essentially something that knows uh, that you know is wrong that limits your functional capacity um, and any of those signs, subtle ones, need to be considered as important. Okay. Now, February is Go Red for Women Month. Doctor, when it comes to women in heart health, what do you want them to know as a cardiologist, as a physician? What do you want women to know? Well, I wanted to know what we've just talked about, that heart disease is the major cause of death. They need to recognize that it's important to get checked out and any of those subtle symptoms or signs or concerns should be brought to a doctor's attention and investigated. So let's talk about um, CPR, which is an interesting fact because you say that, well, you don't say it, but the facts say that, you know, women, the percentage of women who get CPR are, you know, that's, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Help us understand what's happening here. You know, I think that goes back to perception again. Um, When someone, if if it's a young woman or older woman, even keels over, you don't think heart attack right away necessarily. But if you do and you say we need CPR, then there's some sort of um, hesitancy on most um, bystanders where they don't necessarily want to um, jump in there. They don't want to do something that would be considered, you know, um, a violation of social norms by doing CPR, pressing on a woman's chest. And mm-hmm. obviously to get to the sternum and do the compressions is in the area of breasts and maybe something sensitive and people shy away from that for social concerns and stigma. Okay. All right. So thank you so much, Dr. Um, Terry, let's turn our attentions back to you. So today, how are you doing and how many Years, months after the the transplant surgery, um, we're about fifteen, 15 months, months yeah. after post transplant. Okay, how do you feel? And I feel great. Okay. I really do. I um, I'm waiting for. Well, this week has been nice that I can finally get out and walk again. Um, but looking to do doing more, getting back to our new normal, and you know, travel and um, do things that we like to do again. So. Okay. And so let me ask you guys this. Um, what do you know about the donor, the donor heart? What do, you, what do we know here? I know there are laws and things like that during the show over the years. I know that there's laws probably preventing you from being able to reach out directly. But what do you know, if anything? We, so we don't, don't know anything. We um, have written a letter and we sent it to the family, wherever they are, through Life Center. And um, Life Center is the procurement yeah. agent mm-hmm. and um, 
we wrote a letter to the the family, sent it to Life Center. They sent it to the family, and then they'll wait to hear back from the family, possibly, and then send us the letter. And once we've made contact, written contact once or twice or something, then we can set up arrangements to meet if if that should happen. But so far, we're waiting to hear back from them. So I've uh, become an ambassador for Life Center, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've kind of learned a little bit about how that process works. And from what I've been able to see, uh, it's pretty typical in the first couple of years, uh, many family, donor families are not yet ready to make you know, that connection. Um, and, you know, while we would absolutely love the opportunity to meet them and to say thank you for this, you know, unbelievable gift, uh, we certainly understand that it needs to be on their time. And we do understand that that may never happen. We're hopeful that it will, because again, we would love to love to say thank you. Um, well, we're talking right now, we've just been talking about writing a second letter, um, which is also acceptable and proper to do in this circumstance. Uh, just maybe uh, on the anniversary next year, kind of uh, uh, thinking of you, kind of a, of a reach out. Um, and again, every day we go to the mailbox and hopefully we see a letter from Life Center that's a response from them, but n- not yet. And again, this morning, we're speaking to Dr. Thomas O'Brien. He is with the Christ Hospital, where he's an advanced heart failure cardiologist. We're also speaking to heart transplant recipient, Terry, and her husband, George. When we come back, we talk about what we all can do to prevent heart disease. That's coming up next as Sunday Morning Magazine continues. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment. 